We are back, Dan and Jessica Rhino, uh, for another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Jessica, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, better. We've both been a little under the weather. It's been awful. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this in the wintertime, so if you're listening to this 10 years from now, just know that it is the wintertime, and the wintertime is awful. Yeah. And we work at elementary schools, so... So we're always sick. Always. <laughs> but, I, I mean, we've been, like, <laughs> on death's door for the last month. <laughs> <laughs> almost almost literally like i hate to exact i hate to sound like i'm exaggerating a little bit but it's been awful i hate the yeah. winter time you you wanted to take me to the hospital last I did. week i really did and i refused yeah you and don't i like... just laid there wallowing in misery yeah i wish i had uh i was wish i had the abilities of those at hogwarts that could just mend neville's broken body in about five minutes, I wish I could have waved a wand over you and made you feel better. But That would have been fabulous. But you're doing a little bit better now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We both have voices now. We didn't could not record in the last couple weeks because neither one of us could talk at different times. Yes. I, and I still can't guarantee I'm not going to cough a little bit. Well, sorry. You know, if you want podcast gold, you have to put up with a little bit of... Uh, listeners are going to have to put up with a little bit of, of your coughing if they want... The rest of the podcast gold. So uh, here we are, chapter 10 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. We're about halfway through the book. Yeah. Seemingly. And the chapter is titled Halloween, which is it's fun. A little odd since it's two days to Christmas, but... For us, when we're recording this, yes, it's two days to it's Christmas. it's two days to yes. Christmas today. Um, but we're reading about Halloween. But there wasn't a lot of things in this chapter that made you feel like it was Halloween. No, really didn't. I, re I really was expecting a lot more spookiness. Festivities. Yeah, because I know they really do Christmas up in in the books and in the movies. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know from the books because this, I'm reading, read them reading yet. for the first time, but from everything I've heard, that Christmas is a big deal. Christmas is a big deal. And the Yule Ball and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, I mean, there's five or six Yule Balls going on here in the real world. Uh, just around us. Apparently, that's a real thing in the in the real Muggle world. Yes, is to have you balls and you balls and charge exorbitant amounts of money to insane amounts of money partake in Harry Potter festivities. <coughs> First one. Yeah, get it out of the way. Yeah, You'll be fine. You got a nice cream soda there. So you said it's got a nice burn going down. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you kind of got off the soda. Yes. In the last couple of years. So when you do drink a soda, it's <laughs> On like, the rare occasion it's I like do. drinking it's, battery acid. It's pretty much acid, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to roll with the, the gentleman, Jack, and uh, that'll clean any bacteria out of my throat right here. But, anyway, back to the Halloween. I, I don't think that they skim over Halloween. I mean, they are witches and wizards, mm -hmm. but Halloween definitely... Definitely got interrupted this time it around. Did. There was some drama. So I think maybe later on you'll get a better understanding of how they celebrate Halloween. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, I just I guess I just had a little bit different expectation going into mm -hmm. the chapter. But there's a lot of a lot of drama going on, especially Definitely. the second half of the chapter. So let's kind of set up where we are at at the end of the last chapter. Uh, Malfoy set up our heroes to take a, a fall, did he not? He did. I kind of forgot about that till I opened mm -hmm. the book. Like I said, we said it's been a while for us, and I opened it up, and right there, 
first couple of lines, I was like, oh, yeah, we got into trouble last time, or nearly got into mm-hmm. trouble last time. Yeah, Malfoy set up our heroes by saying that we were going to have a midnight duel, and we need to, you're going to need to be here at midnight, and Malfoy, of course, did not show up nope. and tipped off. Flitch and Mrs. Norris, who were prowling around looking for them because they were tipped off that some students were going to be out. I think it was the trophy room. Yeah. After hours. And they love catching students doing what they're not supposed to be doing. It's like the highlight of his day. It is. And cats are evil anyway, so. Yes. Yes, they are. They bite you when they like you. When they like you. That's how they show affection. Yeah. That's about as nice as you can get. So shout out to all our uh, cat lovers out there that are listening <laughs> to the show. Sorry. But uh, the, you know, so we end up having not just Ron and Harry there, but of course Hermione, who's got to always be in the mix, mm-hmm. and Neville, who got locked out because he couldn't remember the, <laughs> the password. password to get back in after he got his arm mended up. So we got all four of them. Running around the corridors at night. And they... Running for their lives. End up at the end of the Forbidden Corridor in a room with a big three-headed dog guarding that mysterious box that had been taken several chapters earlier uh, from Gringotts. They believe. We we believe. We don't have proof yet. And Harry's pretty sure that that's got to be... Harry's speculating. Yeah, Harry's thinking that's got to be what Hagrid took from that vault. Uh, Vault 713? 713? Is that right? Yep. In uh, in Gringotts. And Malfoy is just flabbergasted. He can't believe that they're still there. Yeah, they should have been. everything that he's been trying to do to these these characters, they just won't go away. Mm-hmm. They're just the cockroaches surviving the nuclear blast. <laughs> and everything he's trying to do, um, I think uh, the last time he had this feeling was at the uh, Quidditch practice when... McGonagall stormed off with Harry. Flying lessons. Right, uh, flying They're not lessons. playing Sorry. Quidditch yet. Sorry, uh, the flying lessons. And when McGonagall stormed off with Harry because she caught him uh, flying, flying with his broom when he wasn't supposed to. And Malfoy assumed, I got him. I got mm-hmm. him. They won't be here tomorrow. And then they came back. And I set him up again. And they're still coming back. And he's going to try to get him in trouble again. Uh, and, and just we'll talk about it in just a couple of minutes. But Harry is still curious about what that package is that's being guarded so heavily. So it's mentioned a little bit at the beginning of the chapter, and then it's not mentioned anymore in the chapter, because we got bigger problems to worry about later in the chapter. Uh, Hermione is not on speaking terms with the boys. Nope. After the ordeal that, that happened the night before, is she? No, definitely not. So explain from a woman's point of view why she'd be so upset. <laughs> From a woman's point of view. Um, Well, you know, Hermione is very particular about things. But she did go, I mean, she went along on her own free will just to to point at them when they got in trouble. I'm not sure what she thought she was going to do, but. She's kind of like you in the fact that she doesn't like doing certain things, but she also doesn't want to be left out, I think. Like you, you, you're, you're twisting that against you me. You will go. You will do things that you absolutely have no interest in, just because you don't want to be left out, and you kind of just want to be in the mix. And that reminds me of uh, Hermione a little bit. 
I think you're also though, very pretty with with pretty brown hair and. Hermione could arguably have gone either Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. You're a Ravenclaw yourself. Mm-hmm. Very big on, on reading and and uh, expanding your world as as Hermione is. There's a lot of similarities there. And you, you dress up as Belle sometimes. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was there, like, how did that? Oh, I there see. There are a lot of similarities I there. see the connection there now. So she, she just she feels like them. just t- so she could... Tell them everything that they're doing wrong. Yes. Basically. Okay. Yes. Somebody, I think she feels like somebody has to look out for them because they're clearly not making good choices. But you can tell she wouldn't, <clears throat> you can't really tell by the way she presents her relationship with the boys, but you could tell that she, there is some care there. There is uh, a quality that. That that she feels like it, I don't think it's all one hundred percent that she wants to point at them and catch them when they're wrong, so she can prove that she's right. I think that's a big part of it, but I think there's a part there too that she genuinely has some kind of unspoken um, affection toward these boys, not necessarily of a romantic uh, a romantic type yet uh, for either one of them. But I think that there's there's some kind of unspoken connection there that started on the train to Hogwarts that really uh, tightens up in this chapter. Later on in the chapter, we really start to see uh, the seeds starting to sprout of the friendship uh, relationship bet- between the three. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. Oh, hot take. Thanks. <laughs> I was trying to set you up for a little monologue there. And said, uh, you, yes, you covered it all. Yes, yes, Your Honor. Like you're not in a deposition here. You can. <laughs> you're not. Uh, you're not on the witness stand. You can. Well, without going into what happened. Okay. You covered it all. Okay. I got you. Uh, but Harry gets a large parcel delivery at breakfast. Knocks his bacon off the table, which I'm sure you were not very happy about being a big bacon but fan. I know how they're they're spreads work mm-hmm. so i know there's more there's bacon. more bacon there's always more bacon I mean, it always hurts to see bacon wasted yeah. it's not like they got little puppy dogs running around either and cleaning that Wouldn't up that'd be awesome yeah. like if you could they, have a they need to have dogs at hogwarts yeah i was like i don't really want a cat could i have a dog would that be okay what about a basenji they're part cat i think that'd be awesome <clears throat> and then they would love it because there's infinite bacon bacon and and fireplaces all over the place. Mm-hmm. So Lots of things to chase. I think it'd be awesome. And and the package actually comes from Professor McGonagall. And what does Harry receive in this rather large parcel? A Nimbus 2000, a broomstick. Oh, my goodness. Not, not just any Quidditch broomstick. The top of the line yeah. broomstick. Yeah, this is like the... Uh, I'm trying to find something to compare it to. This is the... Uh, uh, the the Louisville Slugger of uh, of Quidditch broomsticks. <laughs> I was broomsticks. thinking of sports cars. Like, but... how do sports work? <laughs> what this is the Ferrari of broomsticks. I like it. That's a, I like it. Uh, not that we know anything about cars between no. the two of us. I drive a Kia, so <laughs> I obviously know very little about automobiles. And of course, uh, well, the letter states something along the fact of do not open this at. Uh, at the table, do, you're going to start having lessons uh, with Oliver in secret. We're going to kind of really ease you into this and not make a big fuss about it because first years aren't even supposed to have brooms mm-hmm. um, un- unless there's you know extenuating circumstances. But of course, the boys don't get. Of course, 
Harry tells Ron right away. Oh yeah. Ron knows <laughs> they're, everything. They're, they're thick as thieves and you They're gotta... sitting right next to each other anyway. Yeah. You know Ron was peeking over his shoulder. Yeah, so you know, the boys don't get very far though before they're confronted by Crab and Goyle, Malfoy's lackeys. And one of them feels the package and knew right away that there was a broomstick Malfoy. inside. Malfoy, Crab and Goyle block the, oh, okay. the walkway, and then Malfoy grabs the, ba- the package. A broomstick inside, and Malfoy knows that this is his opportunity to, for the third time that I can remember, <laughs> try to get Harry in trouble because first years are not supposed to have broomsticks. And Malfoy just loves this. He just relishes yeah. this opportunity here because Professor Flitwick shows up and Malfoy, for lack of a better word, snitches. <laughs> see what I did there? I, I do see what you did there. For lack of, I put it in my notes. I said, pun intended, snitches on Harry. But Flitwick was aware of the special oh, yeah. exception. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard from McGonagall. That's great news, came, Mr. Potter. Yay, yes. Good job. And that just sets Malfoy off, man. He's just, <laughs> he just can't take it. This... I mean, uh, Harry's Teflon. Nothing sticks to him. Nothing. And, uh, and then know, he goes and pokes him with it. Oh, yeah. Harry uh. tells him, well, it's because of Draco that this whole thing happened. Thanks Ela- to him, I yeah, get a birthday. elaborate stick. on that a little bit. How, did, how does Harry kind of uh, rub salt in the, in the Malfoy wound? Well, you know, they just kind of he just kind of throws that line in Malfoy's face and lets him contemplate that and mm-hmm. they shoot upstairs but as they're walking upstairs Harry kind of elaborates for Ron and the reader that it's because of Draco stealing Neville's Rembrol that he was up on his broomstick flying around and McGonagall saw him and then recruited him for the team mm-hmm. so of course yeah, so Hermione over if, here if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Draco being a jerk Mm-hmm. You know, Harry wouldn't have been Harry wouldn't be, be in heroic the, in this in this situation. So there you go, Draco. You know, sometimes you know being a jerk doesn't pay off. I think that's a big lesson we can learn from this chapter. Which is not the lesson Hermione thinks. Hermione overheard them and mm-hmm. says, "So you're getting rewarded for breaking the rules." Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of also true. And and, and Ron's kind of like, "I thought you weren't talking to us." So there's there's <laughs> still. Uh, there's still drama, drama there, and that that'll kind of get that won't last long because of what's going to happen later on in the chapter here. But Harry meets Oliver Wood for his first Quidditch lesson, and uh, Harry gets kind of a crash course in Quidditch. He learns about the scoring, he learns about the positions, he learns about what the goal of the game is, and there's I thought there was kind of a cute moment where Harry compares it to. Muggle basketball. basketball yeah. Well, it's just like basketball, but with is it six rings? Well, there's three on each side. Okay, so three so, hoops. Yeah. So, but with six hoops instead of three, and I thought that was kind of a cute moment because Oliver has no idea what basketball is, mm-hmm. no clue, None. and it just shows that wizards are as clueless about Muggle things as Muggles are about wizard wizarding things, and Harry is that kind of man in the middle who grew up. Uh, with no knowledge of, of wizard, the wizarding world, only, uh, you know, muggle culture, and now is bringing that into uh, the wizarding world and has no 
nobody that he talks to has any context for for anything that he's saying you know that comparison that he made because when i think of of quidditch that's the first thing that kind of came to my mind is it's kind of basketball kind of mixed with rugby kind of mixed uh you know with there's some elements of like soccer and hockey there with like the keep with the goalies you know the keepers uh but, you know, if I was explaining that to a wizard, they would have no idea what the heck I was talking about. It would be just as foreign uh, to, to them as anything wizarding would be to me. I thought that was just kind of a, a neat little moment there when Harry's kind of making that connection and, and Oliver doesn't get it. But uh, Quidditch, kind of, we're going to kind of just break it down real quick because we are Quidditch is going to be a very prominent uh, part of certain scenes in, in the books going forward. Yes. So we've got seven to a side. Uh, three chasers, one keeper who kind of functions as the goalie. Yes. Uh, two beaters yes. and one seeker, which is that's going to be what the position Harry is uh, kind of sh- uh, picked for, right? Yes. The seeker. We also have uh, three different components when it comes to playing the game. It's not like just like basketball where you have a ball and two goals. We have uh, quaffles. Yes. We have bludgers, and we have snitches. So explain... A snitch. A, a snitch. Yes, a, just a, a singular <laughs> snitch. Uh, explain what the quaffles are. What's the, the... The quaffle is like your... Is there just one quaffle? Yeah, just one. Okay, just one quaffle. Okay. It's like your, your basketball okay. or soccer ball. It's the main ball, and you're trying to get that through the hoops. Mm-hmm. And you pass it from pass teammate it from to teammate. You can steal it and go the other direction. So exactly. there are some qualities of, like, soccer, hockey, basketball uh, there. But every every time you get a ball through the hoop, it's 10 points. Yes. And the bludgers are what? There's nothing in our sports that compares to bludgers. Yeah. Um, they're magic balls and they angry little suckers yeah and they try to kill you <laughs> um there's never been a death at hogwarts, at hogwarts. via bludger just no. a couple broken jaws. broken jaws though jeez louise um i don't know if i'd be cut out for this if there's a possibility <laughs> i mean I guess, I guess i mean i played basketball and baseball and uh you know so there's always a, i mean in any sport i guess there's a possibility of getting a broken jaw yeah. You know, you catch, I broke my nose catching an elbow, you know, once pl- playing basketball and thought I did it again years later. But, I mean, these things, they really go after you. Yeah. Um, but I think if you have a good pair of beaters. Mm-hmm. And we do in the we Weasley do Boys. Um, We're apparently pretty top tier. Then, you know, kind of like the quarterback, you have to just trust that they're going to protect you and mm-hmm. keep the bludgers from killing you. Unless you're the beaters, but then if you're the beaters, your sole focus is them, so the mm. bludgers. So, yeah. you know, you're kind of you're not really an focused on, on scoring or yeah. anything like no, that. You're just protecting your team. Protecting your team and trying to get the bludgers to go after the other team. Yeah. So you, they have like, are they like big like cricket paddles like kind of that they um, that they use? But they're to... more like a bat, like a club. Okay. They're so a little so it's thinner. It's like a fat bat, but shorter. Okay. Yeah, or is it like, or is it, it's not flat or is it round? It's not rounded? flat, it's okay. round. So maybe like a thicker baseball bat? Yeah. Kind of? Kind of hard to hard to <laughs> describe. Um, it's like a club. It I really is. Like you think like of the caveman, caveman club. club. Okay. Yeah, it's like I that, only stylized more like a baseball bat. It's got the handle gotcha. and the thinner side. and. Gotcha. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of like, 
if you want to think of like in soccer, they'd be like your defenders, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of not really defending the goal, but defending their teammates from the bludgers and trying to get them, you know, trying to knock the bludgers into the other teams and maybe knock them off course and uh, things like that. So then we've got the snitch. And the snitch is super important, um, very small, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit bigger than a golf ball maybe, uh, golden with wings on it. Yes. And Oliver didn't even want to get it out because it was dark and if they get it out, they may not find it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's it. hard to see in the daytime and it's so fast and so quick. And basically it just tries to get away from anybody that's trying to catch it, particularly the seekers that are trying to catch it. And if you do catch this little thing, it's 150 points and the game ends. The game's over. And the game does not end until the snitch is caught. They even reference a game that lasted uh, three months. (laughs) Three months, And they had to keep substituting people out just so people could go to sleep (laughs) because nobody could catch the snitch. But if if you get those 150 points, doesn't mean you're going to win, but you're probably going to win. Yeah. Because you would have to... Make a lot of goals, ten and, points and it'd at a time. It would have to be like a total blowout. Yeah. like I your mean, team couldn't have scored sure, any goals. Sure, you would have to and maybe the other get team just constantly. Yeah, maybe you get like you for a, for a comparison, you would have to get sixteen goals for one hundred and sixty points to the other team's none, and then the other team could catch the snitch and still lose. But if they scored at all and and get that snitch, and at that point you wouldn't want. Like, if you were that team's chaser and you had zero, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to catch the Yeah, snitch. you would need to get a couple of goals. You would be like, guys, you got to get a couple goals before I catch the snitch. It'd be kind of, it would, it, if you're a seeker, though, you still have to always go for that snitch, I think. Because if you just don't go for the snitch, then that just opens it up for the other team's seeker to, to get it. But if you catch the snitch and you in the game and you lose anyway, then what but does you, it matter? But you always have, I think you always have to have that, you can't ever take your bind off catching that snitch. You just have to trust that your team's going to score. Right, exactly. It's You can only do what you can do. It's kind of like, you know, in football where, you know, when you're the defense, you can't control what the offense does. You just have to go out there and do your job. And I think when you're a seeker, you just have to always have in your mindset that I'm going to get that snitch and I have to trust that my rest of my team is going to score some uh, score some points through the hoops uh, because, you know, other than, you know, I can only do what I can do, uh, essentially. So um, it's fun talking sports. This is sports, <laughs> sports chat with Dan and Jess. The sports chat podcast with Dan and Jess. It's pretty fun. Uh, so we've got uh, 10 points for the goal, 150 for the snitch, and the game ends when the snitch is caught. And that's pretty much our crash course in Quidditch. And I'm sure, I think Harry said he's going to be do- training three days a week. Three is that right? With the boys. On top yeah. of his other lessons, uh, on top of his other classes and things like that. So he's a busy boy. Yeah. He's going to be a busy boy coming Time up. Time starts flying by, too. So we've got uh, Halloween morning coming up. We've got the smell of pumpkin in the air. You are not a fan of uh, pumpkin pie and no. pumpkin, pumpkin-related pumpkin treats. Pumpkin anything. You are not a uh, one of the uh, uh, followers of the pumpkin spice religion. No. <laughs> of which many uh, many people are. Anything pumpkin spice, they are. Uh, <clears throat> All uh, they worship at the, at the altar of the pumpkin spice. <clears throat> Not a pumpkin spice fan. No, definitely not. 
I had some... He's waiting for you to give me a little more here. <laughs> I had some dip at school somebody brought in the other day. And I, I it was one of those where you get the little graham cracker sticks and you mm-hmm. dip it in. I thought it was going to yeah. be some kind of frosting or yeah. whatever. And it was, but it was also pumpkin flavored. And I was like, I was so disappointed. Is that what made you sick the last few weeks? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it was that Food pumpkin poisoning dip. From the from the pumpkin dip. Uh, but, I mean, that's... We're going to have a little bit of a Halloween uh, feast later on, so we will get a little bit like some Halloween decorations and things like that. But for the morning, you know, we we basically just have like the smell. They mentioned the smell of pumpkin in the air and that it's Halloween. Uh, It's kind of cool that in charms class, uh, the professor seems that they're ready to start making objects fly. Yay! And this is Hermione's time to shine. And this is kind of the moment that one of the main moments that i remember that we reference quite a bit from the movie it gets referenced a lot because of uh her of the way that in the movies the way emma watson portrays hermione and her uh just very snobby take on yeah know it allness is is a good phrase on how to perform these smell how to perform these spells with her just overly um theatrical swish and flick that that she does but more uh memorably probably the uh, way that she pronounces wingardian leviosa which is uh, do your best uh i don't how would you how would you uh be in the emma watson clone of the, the two of us here how would you uh portray that you, can you do it without coffee? No, probably not. She said to put a lot of emphasis on the gar. Gar. The wind guardian. <laughs> and then I think in the movie she was more like Leviosa. Yeah. She was putting more emphasis on the sa, but in the book it was more emphasis on the o. Leviosa. But I think in the movies it was more Leviosa. And no, nobody else could get it. Nobody, nobody else could get it. And, uh, of course, Ron gets partnered up with Hermione, which he's not happy about. No. And she's being a know-it-all to him and telling him, you're not doing it right, Ron. He says, well, if you're so smart, you do it. And, of course, she does. Yeah. <laughs> which makes Ron me... thought he was going to have yeah. her there. Nobody else in the class could do it. Surely she's not going to do it on the first try, and she does. But the thing that, that, that happened shortly thereafter that that really caught my attention is the fact that despite this really tough and seemingly um, got it all together yeah got it all together in vulnerable facade um, Hermione's just she's just a girl she's just a young girl and every every young person wants to have friends (laughs) you know despite you know us working with young people we know that you you despite you know even you know the bullies that we run into they want people to be nice to them they want people they want to have relationships with people the whole malfoy harry thing started because harry didn't mm-hmm. want to be malfoy's friend when he offered it mm-hmm. i mean he was being a jerk mm-hmm. but he was trying to he was like oh harry potter you want to be my friend mm-hmm. and, and harry al- almost I, if ron was not in the room mm-hmm. with them this, this is a totally different book. <laughs> well, but he had insulted 
uh, Hagrid before. That's too. true. That's so, true. So and and you you can't insult Hagrid. That's true. Harry's not going to stand for that. That's true. But maybe if those kind of things don't happen, we got somebody like Harry who's just desperate for friends. Mm-hmm. I, I see that a lot when new kids come to a school. Who do they always gravitate toward? Bad the kids. bad kids. I and and I will sit down with these kids and I will tell them. I will give them a list of people that are good people to be friends, friends with. with. Yeah. I have no shame in doing that. I've done that over my you know, 15 years of teaching. This person is a, is a great person. Sit with them at lunch. And I will go to my, my quote-unquote uh, nice kids and say, will you ask so-and-so to sit with you at lunch? Will you ask so-and-so to play with you at recess? Because I want them to kind of get in on the right foot here. But who, usually the more enigmatic... Uh, and the more uh, flamboyous children are the mean ones. Because they're so, a lot of times, the, the nicer ones are more quiet. And the, the, the mean ones and the bullies and the mean girls and the mean boys, they are more uh, outgoing about their feelings. And they're a lot of times, they're the ones that the new kids will gravitate toward. Uh, but we find... Um, we hear things about Hermione crying after class and some of the girls said that she was crying in the bathroom. Well, she overheard Ron. Right. They're leaving class and Ron was venting Mm -hmm. about how she's the worst and nobody likes her and and she was, of course, leaving class as well and was right behind him Mm -hmm. and heard all those things. And, you know, she, like you said, she might have even thought, oh, look, we're paired up with Ron. We can be friends and I'll help him. And even though she does it in, you know, the most abrasive way possible. Do you think that she kind of made a connection there between the way she's acting or the way she presents herself and the fact that the, the words that Ron said about how nobody likes her. Do you think she made that connection? Or do you think that given the fact that she's just a young girl, that she's just heard something mean about her and is just kind of woe is me about it? I'm sure it started off woe is me. Mm-hmm. But if you noticed, she was in the bathroom for a really long time. Mm-hmm. She didn't come to lunch. Or, or she didn't go to the next class. Maybe she had some of or the pumpkin lunch. dip. Yeah, maybe she had some of the pumpkin <laughs> dip. She snuck some early and didn't work out for her. Didn't agree with her. Um, and then she was not in the afternoon classes. And then dinner time, she still doesn't show up. So she's like literally in the bathroom all day yeah. crying. I'm sure there was some soul searching there. Yeah. And she was probably, knowing Hermione, analyzing the situation, mm. making lists, pros and cons. Well, this has happened this and what book can i read that can give me the answer to to my problems plotting out a solution and yeah maybe she does there say okay well i'm gonna have to be a little less bossy and pushy with people surprised she didn't uh, go to the library cry because (laughs) when in doubt go to the library library. absolutely but with the halloween feast uh is has started and there's no hermione and uh what were some of the uh the things that they had that kind of created the Halloween ambiance there. I just I remember the bats. bats. So explain how the bats. bats. Uh, just bats everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> apparently, they're on the ceiling, on the wall, swarming, swarming around, around the around. table like a cloud over the table. Yeah, um, they had. They didn't go into a lot of detail about the other stuff. That said, that it 
Them swarming flickered the candles and the pumpkins, mm-hmm. so we know there must be pumpkin jack-o'-lanterns around, too, sure. if it's flickering the candles. Um, but, yeah, we really don't get to a whole lot of it because we're interrupted. Do you remember what the how the movie presented the Halloween feast? Was it, do you remember, because I, like I said, I've only seen the movies once, but do you remember the uh, Halloween decorations in the Great Hall or anything like that? No, actually I don't. I remember the scene where they're sitting at the table and they, you know, the interruption part, but I don't really remember what was happening just before that. So uh, Harry and Ron uh, are at the feast, getting ready to enjoy it. And suddenly word starts spreading around the Great Hall and it is announced that all students are to return immediately back to their dorms because a troll has made its way into the castle. Well, Professor Quirrell, that's the pretty famous scene too, where he comes charging, bursting in and- Out of breath and- Out of breath and yells, there's a troll in the dungeons. Mm -hmm. Just thought you should know and then thunk to the floor (laughs) and passes out. Not the the peak of physical conditioning, Professor Quirrell. He's just a kind of a scaredy cat wuss and Mm -hmm. he- he delivered his news. He held himself together to deliver the news, and then, and then passed out. But he fought werewolves. This should be nothing for, for this guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Supposedly, allegedly, 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 he he fought werewolves, but he's freaked out. They get out. some sketchy teachers in this school. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's it's not going to get any better. <laughs> with, some, with some of the educators that are coming down the pipeline and how the, the teacher's going to be shuffled later on. But uh, no Hermione. Uh, she's still in the bathroom crying her eyes out. And now there's a troll on the loose. And everybody is ordered to go back to their dorms. But Harry and Ron realize that they can't go back because Hermione is still out and about with no knowledge of the troll. So the... Boys kind of hide in with the Hufflepuffs. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Uh, there was another part that I liked that they said that uh, the Hufflepuffs were mightily confused. Or <laughs> I'm like, come on, man! It was uh, it was something like that. Me being a loyal Hufflepuff, my two dogs being loyal Hufflepuffs. I was like, I don't like the way we're portrayed sometimes. As just we're just confused by everything, man. Well, everyone was confused. It just happened to be a group of Hufflepuffs it, that were super confused about what do we do? Where do we Maybe go, man? They where didn't are we? Have a stoic leader like Percy Weasley to yeah. to take control Percy and take them where they needed to go. He was in his element. He was mm-hmm. like, "This is my big moment. Follow me, first years. Don't be afraid." <laughs> There were a lot of references to Weasleys. I, I kind of noticed that. Weas- the there's chapel. Weasleys everywhere. Weasleys everywhere. This, the, the school is, is stupid with Weasleys. It's an embarrassment of riches of Weasleys. But you know how they're always kind of, or at least Malfoy's always putting them down, and it's always implied that they're poor, mm-hmm. and there's so many of them, and this and that, and it's just kind of, ugh, another Weasley. But in this chapter, they were, Weasleys were mentioned several times. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even gotten roles. to the biggest. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the biggest Weasley accomplishment later on. Yeah. So they had the, you know, Wood was talking about, oh, don't worry about the 
the bludgers, our beaters are great. Mm -hmm. We got the Weasley, the Weasley boys. twins. They, that's great. And then he also mentioned um, Charlie. Weasley oh, yeah. being a fantastic... Yeah, could have gone pro. Could have gone pro, but he's but chasing, chasing dragons. Chasing dragons. <laughs> and then we've got Percy swooping in and saving mm -hmm. the day, and mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of all of these kids. It just it was a very Weasley-heavy chapter. Yeah. Weasleys get a bad rap. They do. Weasleys are awesome. They seem to be running the school. And you got to meet uh, the real the George, George and yeah. Ron at a, at a Comic-Con. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. We're going to meet Jenny, too. Oh, yeah. Coming yeah. up soon. Jenny is not has not been featured prominently in this book, but uh, well, she's too young to but be at school will, yet. Yeah, but, but we will. Uh, she will be very very prominent going forward mm -hmm. in the books, and we will get to uh, uh, to meet the actress that plays her, whose name escapes me right now. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have an intern look it up. We got interns. Ellie! We got interns running around here. Somebody will look it up for us. So Ruth um, something. What is it, Ruth? Does she have a weird name? Ruth like, Bader Ginsburg? No, I what? think she's like, uh, like a famous uh, Supreme Court judge <laughs> or something like that. No, you know I don't do names. Yeah, like I said, we'll have an intern look it up. But the boys are off to find Hermione because they can't let poor Hermione get eaten by the troll. But it begs the question... Bonnie. Bonnie Wright. Wright. Yes. Thanks, Kelly. And Bonnie Raitt is a famous uh, musician from the 80s. Oh, all right. Who, Learning uh, all kinds of things. Who sang uh, the song um, that escapes me right now. I'll have an intern look up that famous Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie Raitt song. I was us. just about to tell our listeners how you're just an endless well of information, and, and you came up short. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not really... that. There's um, uh, rumors of my... Uh, Trivia knowledge have been greatly exaggerated. No, I they think. Um, I think people. I put on uh, a good facade of knowledge, um, and I talk a good game. But I'm not really that smart. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have. Uh, I do. Uh, well, you're Hufflepuff, so you're confused a lot. I am confused, <laughs> but I, I. But I'm not confused about uh, why we have an amazing podcast here. <laughs> and that it picks up listeners every time I, I check the stats because, uh, uh, because I think as a team, uh, when I fall down, you pick me up. So, Aww. and love lifts us up where where we belong. Love is a oh, many splendored thing, and all you need is love, and all that good stuff. So, the boys do not find Hermione first. They run into the troll, who's described as twelve feet tall, with gray skin, a lumpy body smells something horrible and is carrying a huge wooden club not a uh not a beater stick no but uh <laughs> and a enormous uh caveman like club i'm assuming yes how how big was the club in the movies was it i mean it's like big like the size of the boys i think okay so like a caveman club uh relevant to the size of a 12 foot Troll. Yes. So maybe three times the size of like a regular caveman club or something like that. And the troll wanders into one of the rooms that has a key in the lock. And the boys get the great idea to lock it in. The key's there. We can just lock it in. We can save the day. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Until they hear screams coming from inside and realize that that's the girl's bathroom. That's Hermione Granger. Whoops. In there, and we just locked her in with the, <laughs> the troll. troll. So, 
Ron and Harry decide that uh, they got to go in and try to fix the mistake that they just uh, caused and got to go save Hermione, who is just frozen with fear. I mean, she's backed up. I'm I'm picturing um, her just backed up against the wall and just not unable to to do anything, unable to like, I mean, and and if anybody could, could probably do something with her wand out of the first years, it would probably be her, you know, because she knows some spells. She knows the uh, technique, the swish and flick. She knows, you know, she's the only one who can make anything move it in charms class. I would think that if anybody had a chance to do something, not to necessarily defeat the troll, but at least to open up an opportunity for her to get away, it would be her. But she's so frozen with fear that she can't respond to the situation. She's just she's just locked up, literally and figuratively. <laughs> no, they unlocked the door yeah. to get in. Well, she was. For, for a Mom, while there, she was Momentarily, she was locked. So it's up to Ron and Harry to battle the troll. And... Harry, of course, we know from earlier chapters, his move is to jump on your back and put you in a sleeper hold. Yes. Which he did to Mr. Dursley. He put him in the... It's not much different, troll Mr. Dursley. He put him in the Brutus the Barber Beefcake (laughs) sleeper hold for all you wrestling fans on there. And uh, actually, the, the sleeper hold is not what does any damage. The troll doesn't even realize that he's there. It's the fact that he, whether he did it accidentally or not, uh, shoves his wand up the troll's nose. Yep. And anytime you get a large piece of wood stuck up your nose, no matter how big you are, that's going to get your attention. Yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. And and the <laughs> troll is, uh, you know, kind of takes his attention off Hermione a little bit because of that. Plus, Ron is yelling, uh, seeming obscenities at the... <laughs> Uh, it does not say obscenity. No, like, I think that's just J.K. Rowling just making it PG for us. I'm sure he had some nasty things to say to that troll. But he gets the troll's attention. He throws a metal pipe at him, which the troll just doesn't even notice, just like a fly to him. But it at least gets the focus off of Hermione, where Harry can can try to grab Hermione and get her out of there. But she still can't move. She still cannot. She's still frozen with fear. Um how did this, uh, before we get to how it all breaks down, how did this scene uh, in the book kind of translate to what you remember from the movie? This is another scene that's pretty close. Because mm-hmm. um, this I do remember. So it was a very, it's a, a very visually uh, stimulating scene mm-hmm. from the movie. Um, yeah, you know, it's pretty close. I and mean, there's a little bit more of Hermione scrambling around trying to run away from the troll in the movie. Mm-hmm. She's not as frozen right. okay. as she is in the book. Um, and the troll, you know, destroying the bathroom. You get a little bit of that in, the, like, the very first scene setup where he's, it says that he's knocking off the, the sinks. And then the boys use that. <laughs> boys, apparently, in the book were chucking sinks across the room. Mm-hmm. I guess these aren't very big sinks. But, um, yeah, it's really similar other than the Hermione was running around more trying to dodge. I also also remember the troll battle from the Lego video game. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. Because I think it was, I think it was one time when our game kept freezing up in that battle. I'm like, God, I hate this troll. (laughs) Why won't he just die? But, uh, kind of a callback to earlier in the chapter which I thought was kind of cute and kind of cool because 
Ron, whether accidentally or whether because whether he absorbed some of the teachings of Miss Hermione Granger in Charms class, performs a perfect swish and flick when when Guardian <laughs> Leviosa and the club leaves the troll's hand, gets shot up into the air, comes crashing down on the troll's head and knocks him unconscious. So I know Ron was not happy with how the charms class went. He wasn't happy with getting partnered up with Hermione. He wasn't happy with how snotty he was, uh, how snotty she was about how to perform the spell. And he wasn't happy about the fact that she actually got it to work despite her snottiness. But I kind of feel like he saved her, but she also kind of saved him there. If not for that lesson that, you know, that she, that kind of stuck with him because of of how snotty she was about mm -hmm. it. It did stick with him. He remembered whether it. He re, whether he liked it or not. Do you kind of agree with that? Yes, definitely. Um, and I like what he said. They're saving her. She's saving them. It kind of keeps going back and forth in this chapter. Uh, the professors show up just in time to see the carnage that has ensued, and we have three first years uh, standing amidst a wrecked bathroom with a passed out 12-foot troll in the middle of it. And uh, McGonagall is not happy that the trio is not in their dorms, but it would be actually Hermione who would surprise everybody and kind of save the day with a little bit of a fib that she told to a professor, Hermione Granger, not being totally honest with the professor. Hmm. hmm, intriguing. What does Hermione say to Professor McGonagall to uh, kind of lessen the inevitable blow that's gonna come to the boys? This is another part that really sticks true in the movie too, or the movie sticks true to the book. And she gives her a little her little spiel. She says that the boys came after her. They were looking for her because she went after the troll. She thought she could handle it. Because of everything, all the knowledge. All the she knowledge had. she had. So she'd been reading about them. And she kind of really, maybe in her soul searching, crying for hours and hours in the bathroom, she, you know, realized that about herself. She's kind of using that opinion everybody already has of her mm -hmm. in this little fib. So she's aware of it at this point. She's sure. like, oh, because, you know, I read about them, and I knew I thought I knew everything, and so I tried to take care of it myself. I, I kind of wondered <clears throat> why she didn't just say what really happened. Because if she would have just said that I, I, I was upset and I've been in the bathroom crying all day, and the boys knew that when they heard about the, the troll and... They, they, they came to find me because they knew that I, I didn't know and, and they saved me, Professor McGonagall. They saved me. If it wasn't for them, I'd be dead right now. I, I don't know why that wouldn't have been okay to just say that too. I don't I really I don't know why she had to I thought about that a little bit when I was reading it and then I thought, well, maybe it was because the boys shouldn't have gone after her. They should have just said to an adult, mm -hmm. hey, I know we're going to the dormitory, but Hermione's in the bathroom. Can we send somebody after her? I, but that still probably should have been the case too, unless it was just more in, like 
happen mm-hmm. faster. Sure. I we were all going to the dormitory, and I just said, "Hey, I'm gonna go chase this. I'm gonna go troll hunting." Mm-hmm. And the boys went, "No, don't!" Kind of like she had done to them the night before, or not the night before, but you know, the time before, where they were gonna go out, and she was like, "No, don't!" And then ended up tra- sure. tagging along. Sure. So maybe she was kind of compiling the two events and pulling from those things to make up her story. And you're right, it probably all happened so quick that, you know, we just got the quick thinking, you know, brilliant Hermione Granger who just kind of had to kind of think of something on her on her toes. And it was probably easier to, to tell a fib than it was to kind of piece together that... I was in the bathroom. All of a sudden, this troll shows up. Oh, I guess everybody was in the Great Hall, and when they yeah, found out about the troll... she probably didn't know about that yeah. part. So, I mean, and she's just a, you know, thinks quick on her feet, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty much when the chapter ends, I think Hermione is the first one to make it back to the dorms. Yeah, McGonagall and, sends her back first and, after taking five points. Right, but then awarding... Each Ten. of the boys, five yeah. points. So they, they come out positive five mm-hmm. on there, and they're thinking they were going to lose like 50 points. So, yeah. So nobody... Well, no, he thought he was getting 50 points. Oh, that's right. Harry right. was like envisioning a hero's welcome and but then when the, slaying when, the troll. When McGonagall showed up, he that changed She was quick. angry, and he was like, oh. He was like, oh, maybe I'm, gonna, I'm not getting maybe points. Maybe we're going to lose all Gryffindor's points. But uh, I think I thought it was Ron that was kind of... You know, saying, uh, "Can you believe we like we only got ten points? Can you believe that?" And Harry's like, "Well, actually, we, we only, only got, got five. five because Hermione got five taken away." But hey, five points and nobody died—not bad. And uh, Ron, you know, through uh, whether it's the the stepping up in the tough situation or and or the lessons from Hermione earlier, Ron learned a new spell. He so did. we got that going for us. Yeah. So Hermione goes back to the dorms first. Everybody had their their feast sent up to them, but she's not hungry. She's can't even think about food. She's just waiting for the boys to get there. And as soon as they get there, um, what happens? Uh, well, it says they all stand there in like a moment of awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And then all at the same time, they all just say thanks, mm-hmm. and then they go eat. Yeah, and they're magically friends. Yeah, and I think forever. And, and ever. that's what I wrote. I said, from this moment, our trio will be seemingly inseparable, mm-hmm. because they, you know, a lot of times, tragedy and dramatic, uh, traumatic events bring people close together. A shared experience is something that can, you know, be can form a lasting bond. And they've already had many shared. They've had several several close calls, whether it it ranges from uh, getting caught by uh, a a teacher to getting eaten by a three-headed dog uh, to getting uh, bashed, their their heads bashed in by trolls. So in uh, just a few months that they've been at Hogwarts, I think it said that it's been, has it been three months since they've been there? It said at the beginning, uh, toward the beginning of the chapter, how long they've been there. It's two. Two months? They go the... September 1st okay, and it's uh, that makes sense. October. But it, it has been a couple months that, they, that they've been there. But they've already had a, a lifetime's worth of <laughs> traumatic experiences to bond over. But now it seems that our trio is set mm-hmm. going forward. Um, 
there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be, you know, with any kind of, you know, friendship or brotherhood or sisterhood, there's going to be any kind of, um, any kind of relationship. There's going to be highs and lows, but these three are going to be thick as thieves pretty much for the next uh, six books. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> You're giggling about over there. Nothing. I, I want to just read and get up to all the books. Yeah, and, read them all. And our uh, your favorite uh, motto here on Broomsticks and Butterbeer? I'm just happy to be at Hogwarts. I'm just happy to be, be at Hogwarts. Contact us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Uh, if you're interested in a t-shirt or a coffee mug or something like that, uh, we'll get <laughs> you one. Those don't exist yet. We'll, we'll get you one that uh, has the logo on the front, and I'm just happy to be at Hogwarts on the back. <laughs> um, any uh, anything? Any other takeaways from the chapter before we wrap up? Any other comparisons to the films or any other uh, um, parts of the chapter or ex- eccentricities of the, the chapter that you wanted to expand on? Um, no, I, I like. I wanted to make my point about the Weasleys. That was what was in my notes. Was. And then, like like I said, Ron, the Saves hero. Today, yeah. All the Weasleys get mentioned for uh, memorable things in this chapter. Not all of them. There are more. Oh, God. <laughs> there's, well, there's more. Well, yeah, I guess all the ones that have been through Hogwarts so no. far. <sighs> there's more. Good grief. <laughs> it is my parents. We didn't mention Bill. Billy Weasley? Well, just Bill Weasley. <laughs> There's no Billy. <laughs> Little Billy Weasley. <laughs> Any other takeaways from uh, Halloween? Are we ready to head forward to uh, our next chapter, which I believe is Quidditch? Quidditch. We're finally playing Quidditch, mm-hmm. yes. Or practicing at least. Mm-hmm. No. It's been such a long time since I've read the book. It's going to be episode it's... two of Sports Chat with Dan and <laughs> oh, Jess. My. We're gonna we're gonna break down Quidditch step by step. We're gonna get you ready for chapter eleven. Um. So when we cosplay as our Quidditch team, mm-hmm. what position do you play? Um. I am a beater. That makes sense. Um. I believe. Um, yeah, because I have the pin with the the two little with the little bats on it. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe my brother Andrew is a keeper. Yeah, I think he was the keeper because he had the little helmet. I'm a chaser. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a I'm a beater. Why did you say that makes sense? Because <laughs> you're buff. And you hit the beater, uh, hit the bludgers far away. It's and... like the nicest thing anybody said to me, like in the last like. <laughs> you always say that. I yeah, I say it about every three weeks. <laughs> It's the nicest thing anybody said to me, like in the last three weeks. Although somebody did say the other day that uh, what what do you teach? Oh, you look like a PE teacher. See, that, I was that, gonna say because you look like a PE teacher. Like, that was like the nicest thing. So thank you for the compliment. <laughs> um, you're very pretty today as well. So Aww. and every day, and um, I think that's gonna be it for chapter ten. Uh, so we will be back next time. Chapter 11 of Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. We're going to talk a little bit of Quidditch. And uh, until then, you can always send us your thoughts on the podcast. Uh, leave us a review if you really like it, if you're really digging what we're doing. It really helps us uh, in iTunes or on Google Play Store. Leave us a review. Uh, tell us what you think. And the more reviews we get, the higher we move up the uh, the search list. 
when you find us and uh, more prominent uh, we can become and the more stuff we can bring to you and the more t-shirts we can we can get so just happy to be at Hogwarts I'm also I'm happy to be on the journey with you at Hogwarts so until next time it is Dan your Hufflepuff host and Jessica Ravenclaw host and uh, we will see you next time on Broomsticks and Butterbeer <laughs>